Welcome to the Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. (laughs) We are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Tony Long, CEO and founder of Fashion Bar LLC. After achieving a list of comprehensive corporate achievements, Tony shifted his focus on his true dedication onto fashion business where he's been able to launch Fashion Bar Chicago. This vision to combine the corporate experience coupled with his flair for fashion has strengthened his presence within the Chicago fashion industry. Fashion Bar Chicago continues to grow as a central source for business here in Chicago. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this fantastic little conversation with Tony Lung. So today we're sitting down with uh, Tony Long, CEO of Fashion Bar. How are you today? I'm doing really good. Awesome. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences. Sure. Uh, what do I do in one to two sentences? So I own a company named Fashion Bar LLC, and we do three things. We do fashion business consulting, design and development, and go-to-market. Awesome. So walk us through your background. How did you get into the fashion industry to be such a Chicago icon? Uh, I actually have my degree in, in uh, marketing and management with a minor in entrepreneurial studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, my senior internship landed me a full-time job in the manufacturing field or in the manufacturing industry and so my first job was actually making automotive gaskets manifold gaskets and things like that for Mm -hmm. the aerospace and the automotive industry and so I did marketing communications for a company named Felpro and then from there on I went to another company named Federal Mogul and from Federal Mogul I went to Passionate Plastic Packaging, uh, a French company, and I did marketing and management and mm-hmm. manufacturing, and then uh, then I ended up doing uh, distribution for Passionate as well as uh, Granger, okay. and then after Granger, I did project management at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Right. Oh, yeah. And then after that, I basically decided that uh, I no longer wanted to do corporate work. Fair. And then I utilized my experience, which is marketing, management, manufacturing, and distribution mm-hmm. and I started Fashion Bar. Fashion Bar was really supposed to be a destination. Okay. It was supposed to be similar to a sports bar. Interesting. Fashion Bar. Yeah. So uh, when I started doing, I couldn't have a bar obviously, but uh, <laughs> since I started doing Fashion Bar, I started doing pop-up activity all over the city. Mm-hmm. The Radisson Aqua Blue, the Drake Hotel, the Radisson, uh, the Hyatt, and a lot of the different uh, venues downtown. And then I started doing pop-ups for one year, just kind of promoting designers and promoting entrepreneurs on the, on the, on the fashion, beauty, and wellness products. Cool. And after one year, designers started asking me if I would produce a show for them. And I was like, well, I don't know how to do a show. And so uh, naturally, uh, I, put the, I put the show together. And after I put the show together at the Drake Hotel, then they started asking me for a lot more of my marketing and management background. Makes sense. And so then I started building websites, doing logos, doing photo shoots and video shoots. And then we just scaled right into a fashion week. 
Awesome. So walk us through. So we're sitting here in your showroom right yes. now, and there's plenty of designer things around here. If someone wanted to get into the fashion industry, what are some tips you have for them for breaking in or making sure they even want to be a part of the fashion industry? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, 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 the showroom is basically a, a, like a go-to-market strategy for cool. designers. They can actually sell their things here at the showroom, and they can also utilize the space uh, to do design and development, mm -hmm. cut patterns, things like that. Uh, we do have industrial sewing machines here, too, so they can actually utilize the sewing machines. Uh, not the dance designers, rather, but the designers will hire us to do patterns and and patterns and samples and things like that. So for uh, uh, someone that's just getting started in the industry, I think uh, probably the most important thing that they need to know is, is that uh, if this is something that they're looking to do, try to get a, a structured business okay. around what you like to do. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if you don't have some sort of structure, then you're going to have a lot of lessons learned. Fair. Uh, and when you get, go through a lot of lessons learned, it could be either time wasted learning those lessons mm -hmm. or have not have a structured business so that way you can navigate and know what you need to do to drive a sale. And so how does uh, Fashion Bar help with that from a consulting perspective? If someone came in and said, I'm ready to go, okay. I have my budget ready to invest in my business and instruction, yep. what are they expecting? So so, so on a Fashion Bar perspective uh, and on the service side, mm -hmm. services side, uh, you know, in project management, there there's a there's a term called life cycle. Okay. Uh, so the life cycle of a project is something that I communicate to the designers and say your brand has a life cycle. There's a starting, there's a peak, and then there's an end. Okay. The the starting is basically making sure that you know for a fact that you want to be a designer. You can be either a designer with uh, uh, with educational skills. With educational background, or you can be a designer that's not education in fashion design. One way or the other, you're going to define yourself as a fashion designer. Mm -hmm. So once you define yourself as a fashion designer, then what we do is we go through the process to make sure that you actually have some sort of garment. Um, and and once we have a sample garment that we can actually look, then we help. It'll help us uh, better understand what the brand identity of that designer is going to be. So if the brand has an identity to it, a story, a mission, a vision, then what we do is uh, the first step is basically making sure that the designer has a name for that brand. Cool. Uh, once the name is identified, then go through the LLC process or a sole proprietorship process, make sure that they're uh, ready to report out on state and federal taxes. Mm -hmm. And once the LLC uh, or sole proprietorship has been established, then we start building the brand. Building the brand meaning uh, is meaning is putting structure around it which is why people come to Fashion Bar because we help the designer establish a business structure around mm -hmm. it instead of having to go through years of lessons learned. So once the structure is established, then, uh, then we build the website, we produce the photo shoot, uh, we do the video shoot, uh, we do the logo, we do, the, we do everything that creates a business structure around the mm -hmm. designer. And then, and then in some cases, once the designer has the business structure together, once we implement the business structure, then the designer has to... Um, um, create some sort of collection or samples or the samples the sample can be one it could be 15 it could be a whole collection which would be 24 uh and if the designer doesn't have a collection does not know how to sew then we come in with our design and development and create the collection for them cool. so there's the business foundation that pro that is provided to the fashion business consulting and then there is a design and development that creates the prototypes of patterns and the samples and the collection itself mm -hmm. And once the business is created, once the sample or the collection has been completed, 
then it's time to go to market. Okay. Right? And that is the third part of the life cycle. Mm -hmm. So the third part of the life cycle is making sure that they have a platform where they can release their collections and show them to market. That can be either through Fashion Week, through the shops, through the marketplace, through a lot of different programs that we have to offer when it comes to go to market. Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's pretty similar, but what is it like for someone who wants to get in the modeling industry? Are they following the same kind of structure like a life cycle like you mentioned before or how does that kind of evolve? yeah i mean i think I, th I think the life cycle um theory really helps um uh, any entrepreneur that wants to go into business because mm -hmm. they have to start somewhere uh and then they have to establish themselves within that end uh, within that skill set and then after that go to market you know perfect your skill set and then go to market mm -hmm. in, in a designer's case it's perfecting the sample or the quality of the product in regards to in regards to a model it's establishing themselves in a way that they can actually uh align their model identity mm -hmm. to a fashion brand that they can they can represent yeah, I think a lot of people's misconception about modeling is like you have to have a certain look to make it. I yeah. think what's really cool about the work you're doing here in Chicago is really helping people understand that people have the model identity right. and it kind of matching to the brands. Right. And I think and I think the fashion is shifting really. Um, it's, it's it's shifting, uh, and it's shifting even more faster right now. Is if even more faster sounds right, but it's shifting <laughs> uh, in the sense that we're we're losing fast fashion and mm -hmm. we're. Uh, where everyone's uh, more keen on, on their identity. So right. uh, they're buying something old, something new, something thrift, something uh, high-end, and they're kind of creating this whole identity for themselves that suffices their need to exist, uh, utilizing fashion as a component. So, so from fast fashion, we're moving, we're moving away from fast fashion to an identity-based fashion, which allows either the designer to create the lifestyle, and it also allows the model to co-brand their their look mm -hmm. to a lifestyle. And so one of the things that designers can do, you kind of touch on this, is the shops that you guys are hosting here in yep. a couple of days. Tell us more about those. So the shops is another aspect of the go-to-market strategy. Cool. So we talked about the shows, the marketplace, and the shops. Mm -hmm. The shops is done every month. It's so once a month, it's a weekend, it's a two-day activity, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, obviously, it's a pandemic right now, so uh, capacity and, and traffic is, 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 is limited because mm -hmm. of the... Of, of what we're dealing with on a pandemic perspective, but the goal of the shops is to give the entrepreneur a platform to go to market with their products, mm -hmm. and, in, and in some cases, services, because in some cases, designers actually create custom services, right. uh, and then speak to customers and learn from customers whether their products are something that the consumer can use. So it's their first hand to speak to the consumer directly uh, in a go-to-market environment. And where are these located usually? Uh, most of the shops are either located, the, the shops are located at at, at uh, larger venues. Okay. Uh, we've done the shops at Northbrook Mall. Uh, we've been consistent with Water Tower Place. So this particular one that's happening on Saturday and Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, April 13th and 14th, I'm sorry, not April, February 13th and yeah. 14th, is going to happen at the Water Tower Place on Michigan Avenue. Level, level three. Awesome. And so another event that's happening there is going to be a, actually a series of events that is bringing the designers and the models together, which is going to be Fashion Week. Right. So Fashion Week, uh, Chicago Fashion Week, powered by Fashion Bar, is an initiative that we uh, push progressively, and that's because of the fact that um, fashion can actually help uh, create uh, synergy between different cultures mm -hmm. uh, and really help catapult brands 
local local brands national and create the identity that Chicago so really needs. Mm -hmm. So the shops, uh, the shows are, are, are channels to get the product out there or the lifestyle out there. And uh, this year we're going to be do producing Fashion Week, which is on from April 18th to April 25th. Mm -hmm. And there is normally... Uh, a show, like a like an event every day, but with the pandemic and with uh, with uh, with the capacity issues that we're dealing with, we'll be doing uh, fashion week as scheduled, but with limited resources and limited number of guests. We have to accommodate to about uh, seventy five to one hundred attendees per show, opposed to the usual like 200, 250 kind 200, of two hundred two fifty. We've gone up up to four hundred four fifty at a given show. So yeah, so so in this particular case in April, we're going to be uh, reducing the number of guests to make sure that we meet with the COVID restrictions. Mm -hmm. So then, what should people be expecting from regards to the actual shows themselves? You have some different types of designers, some different groupings. What, yeah. what kind of the breakdown of the shows? Normally, when we do the shows, we have about twenty-five to thirty, thirty-two designers that participate. Uh, but with uh, with us dealing with COVID, we've reduced the number of designers to participate to twelve. Okay. So uh, this time around, the agenda is going to be quite uh, different. Uh, we normally do about four to like three to five designers per show, mm -hmm. but I think in April what we're going to do is we're going to dedicate each designer with their own show. Oh wow, interesting! Which is going to be a two-hour segment per yeah. designer. So instead of having uh, a three and a half hour show on a Saturday evening, we'll start at noon, and every two hours there'll be a different designer showcase. Uh, and we're also meeting the minimum uh, attendee requirements or capacity and so I think it's a strategic move but it allows us to kind of show 12 designers in a given week mm -hmm. and the designers all uh, are from uh, bridal to evening to uh, swimwear to modern and uh, streetwear and things like that so each show will de be dedicated to a genre of mm -hmm. fashion Cool, and so you're actually a uh, sought-after speaker as well, and you're actually giving a pretty cool presentation here in a couple of days. Want to walk us through what could be expected from that? Sure. Um, so I was asked by Brookfield Properties uh, here that owns Water Tower Place to uh, provide to do a presentation to their national marketing team. Mm -hmm. uh, Brookfield Properties is a large commercial property company, and they have a lot of property across the United States, uh, larger malls and larger facilities. And so they asked uh, if we can, if uh, Fashion Mark can provide uh, some insight into black excellence and how uh, uh, black Americans are pushing fashion here in the Chicagoland area and in mm -hmm. the state of Illinois. So that presentation is to speak on black excellence during Black Pride. Awesome. No, sorry, Black History Month. Makes sense. Cool. So anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of work to be done in, the, in in Chicago and in the state. I think that there's a significant opportunity uh, to buy local to support designers. Uh, the impacts to supporting local designers are to help identify brands that are local that can go national. And with that being said, if there's an increase in purchase, that will also trigger manufacturing jobs in the city of Chicago. Made in Chicago and made in the USA is the kind of direction that we want to head, head to. We don't want to head to a pace where we're, we're producing large quantities of product. We want to sell capsule collections mm -hmm. uh, more in line with the identity scope of fashion and making sure that everyone has a piece of it that's accessible to them. So wreck-making Chicago, it's unique little fashion hub opposed to mimicking New York right. or LA or somewhere else, kind of their own identity. Right, I think I think the and, and the, the the 
Exactly, its own identity. So the only, the best way for me to create an analogy around this is basically this. If there were four people sitting here talking to us right now, mm-hmm. uh, there would the, the names of these people would be New York, Chicago, LA, and Miami. So each of these people bring a certain sense of energy. Mm-hmm. New York brings a, both a, a, a masculine and a feminine energy. Uh, LA brings a, and then Miami brings a feminine energy, mm-hmm. but then Chicago brings a masculine energy. So it's moving the pendulum of masculinity to a place where it could be cold balanced, like New York is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's the there's the opportunity here in Chicago is to create that synergy and make sure that it's not very masculine and it's not very feminine. It's a combination of the two, just like how like like how New York is a well balanced city. Awesome. So let's wrap with that. Yep. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Bites Kitchen. The best of times are always shared at the table. Good food, good drinks, good stories, good friends. Wish I had any of those. (laughs) At Bites, they believe that good food is more than merely a part of survival. It is their passion. It has the power of transcend language, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, they share their culture with new friends and old. They share a piece of who they are. And by coming together for meals, they trade good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, they want you to celebrate cultures from around the world. They've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, Korea, and more. They are also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how they shape their menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that is constantly evolving, a new story always awaits you at Bites. Show up, I guarantee you see me sitting with my Buddha in my hand. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food.